What happens for you when somebody calls a meeting in 10 minutes time or your child's school phones to tell you that you need to collect them because they're sick or your boss tells you that he's not happy with the work that you've done or your mum gives you that look that says, hmm, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> Do you find yourself reacting, doing things that you didn't want to do or that you look back on after the fact and you're irritated that you did purely because of something that somebody else did or something that somebody said or something that happened. This episode today looks at how we can still hold ourselves together, how we can choose the way that we react and respond so that we can still be and do all that we want to be and do, even when things outside of ourselves are not going the way that we want or the way that we like or the way that we had anticipated. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family? But there are so many things that need to be done and there are so many expectations on you. Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a well-being coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your mum bun and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. We all know the chaos that goes on when we are triggered. Whether that triggering is by a change of plan or something that somebody said, a look that they gave us, the result that we got in a, on a job or in an assessment or from something that we've put our time into. That feeling of having the carpet pulled out from under us or just just suddenly not being able to cope, suddenly not being able to manage ourselves, suddenly being thrown a curveball and not knowing which way to turn. And then of behaving as a result of this in a way that we don't want to, perhaps losing our cool or melting down, maybe withdrawing from the situation completely or just collapsing into a heap, not being able to concentrate, not being able to focus, not being able to choose the way that we respond. I used to get completely thrown when a plan changed. If somebody suddenly said that they couldn't fetch my child from school or if a client suddenly needed something urgently or couldn't attend a session, 
I would find myself unable to think clearly. I'd be all over the place. I'd be flustered. I'd be panicked. I'd be unproductive. I'd generally be pretty useless at trying to do what I was trying to do. And I'd probably be ratty and irritable and reactive. And what I have learned and have truly been working on over the last year is to not be victim to the things that happen outside of me, to not be so hugely affected by a change of plans or by something that somebody said or a look that they gave me or a result that I've got, but to rather take ownership of my own life, take ownership of myself, of my reaction to the things that happen outside of me over which I have absolutely no control. This is really one of the foundational pillars of my own personal work and of my coaching is that the only person we can change, the only person, the only thing, the only uh, element that we actually have control over is ourselves. So today I wanted to offer a brief overview of this around which I go obviously into much more detail with with my clients if they want to understand it. But some of us don't necessarily need the science behind it. We just need the tool that helps us to manage ourselves in response to what goes on around us. I've learned a lot of this from being qualified as a heart math coach. And it has really been reiterated by doing research into work by Dr. Alan Watkins, who is a neuroscientist turned coach and who presented the TED Talk, How to Be Brilliant Every Day. I will link it in the show notes below. This episode kind of gives a little bit of a summary of that, but also adds a bit of my own take on it. What Dr. Watkins says, and just an idea, a concept that I really love, is that emotion is energy in motion. When you think about experiencing an emotion, you think about what energy are you experiencing in your body? So anxiety, the emotional state of anxiety, comes about as a result of a particular type of energy or particular types of energy. We have the chemical energy of the hormones that rush through our bodies based on a different emotional state. The electric energy of our heart rate and the pattern of our heart, whether that is chaotic or whether it is a calm pattern, whether it's a high heart rate or a low heart rate. We have the kinetic energy of whatever's going on in our stomachs. If we've got churning stomachs, there are, there's energy in that. There's energy in the blood racing to our extremities to get us ready to fight or flight. There's different energy in motion based on different emotional states. That physical reaction to a trigger outside of ourselves the energy that is then created in response to that trigger becomes the emotion. An emotion only becomes a feeling when we are aware of it. So if I am anxious, 
and I become aware of the fact that I'm feeling anxious, then it becomes a feeling. I am feeling anxious. This feeling of anxiety leads to thoughts, whatever our thoughts might be when we feel anxious or around the situation that has just triggered us, which itself, these thoughts themselves lead to feelings. And there is a cyclical kind of link between thoughts and feelings that feed each other. And it is out of these thoughts and feelings that our behavior arises. The behavior that we take part in or the behavior that we action leads then to a result, to the thing that we come home with at the end of the day or we leave that situation with. So I would love you to think about a time in this moment when you did something that you didn't want to do or you didn't intend to do and you got a result that you didn't necessarily want. This can be anything from shouting at the children or snapping at your colleague or not being able to focus on a work project or not meet a deadline. Think back to what happened before that. What were you feeling that caused that behavior? What did it feel like in your body? There's always something behind our behavior. We are offered in this day and age so much information around our children, around how they are reacting out of something inside going negative. I've used this before, but Dr. Shafali's acronym, something inside going negative, noticing that their behavior is communication. So is ours. Our behavior, the way that we react, the way that we snap or we don't concentrate or whatever the case may be, that behavior is communication. So we can find out what our body is telling us. We can really get to know and be curious. That's interesting. I'm really finding it hard not to shout at the children. Or I'm really finding it hard to focus on what I'm doing, the task at hand. And get to know what is going on for me here. So if we go back to that link between the original trigger that leads to an emotion, to a feeling, to thoughts, to behavior, to our result. If we want the result to be be different, we need to go all the way back to the beginning of that. We need to go all the way back to the beginning of that process, all the way back to the foundational point, which is our physiology, and change the energy in motion, change the way that our body is reacting to the trigger outside of ourselves. The first step of this, as always, is awareness. Notice when you go into an emotional state that makes you crazy, makes you reactive, makes you do things that you don't want to do. You might be somebody who wants to spend time working out why this is the case, or you may not necessarily mind knowing why this is the case. You just want to do it do something about it. It depends on who you are. This awareness piece is primarily just about noticing your body. You might 
start off by noticing where are you getting the results that you don't want or where are you not getting the results that you do want and what does it feel like that is causing you to not get the result that you want so going back from that result all the way back to that physiological emotional state that is leading you to the result that you don't want The second step is to think about the result that you do want. What is it that I want the result of this conversation to be or this day or this hour or this engagement? What do I want to get out of it? And then get to know what you need to feel. Get to know what emotional state, what energy and motion you need to have in order to get that result. If you're going into a meeting where you're feeling really nervous already, or you know that your boss might say something that is going to send you off the edge, what do I need to feel to leave this meeting with the result that I want? Do I need to feel calm? Do I need to feel confident? Do I need to feel at ease? And one of the things we can do is practice that feeling. Practice feeling calm. Practice feeling confident on a day-to-day basis. Get to know it really, really well. If we know what anxiety feels like, if anxiety feels like it's red, it's hot, it moves this way, it, it's, it's sharp. If that's what anxiety feels like, what does confidence feel like? It's yellow, it's fuzzy, it moves fast, whatever it is. Get to really know that feeling so well that you can just turn it on like that. When we have become a little bit more aware of the emotional state, the energy in motion that we feel when we're triggered and the one that we would like to feel, we can start to use this to help us not be victim not be triggered by those things that are happening outside of ourselves. And then we can start to put into practice two other techniques that Alan Watkins offers an acronym for. In the moment, we want to shift out of a place of immediate triggering. So when we're in the moment and somebody says something to us and we can feel our bodies going into that space that is going to cause us to behave in a way that is going to not get us the results that we want or get us the results that we don't want. We can practice this breathing technique for which he offers us the acronym BREATHE. This acronym stands for breathe rhythmically, evenly and through the heart every day, which sounds really strange. But what he's asking us to do is to breathe rhythmically So with a rhythm, whether it be four counts in, four counts out, or five counts in, three counts out, whatever it might be, make it rhythmic. Rhythmic breathing helps to manage that emotional state. Even breathing. So instead of, (gasps) we want to have a smooth, even breath in and out. So breathe rhythmically and evenly and through the heart. So while you are breathing rhythmically and evenly, picture 
your breath going in and out of the organ of your heart. Put your focus onto your heart, that organ, and breathe that those rhythmic even breaths in and out of the heart every day. So we can do this in the moment, or we can practice this while we're boiling the kettle, or while we're sitting on the loo, or while we're driving our cars, while we're commuting to work. While we are in a conversation with somebody, we can breathe rhythmically, evenly, and through the heart in that moment. And this will just help to stabilize that energy that is in motion. It will help to bring us into a calmer state so that we have a little bit more capacity to choose how we respond in that moment. The second step that we can use is a little bit more, uh, takes a little bit more focus. And this technique, he gives the acronym SHIFT. The S is to stop. H is to do that heart-focused breathing. I is to induce the positive emotion. F, feel it in your body. And T is to turn your brain back on. There's a whole physiological explanation around why our brains are turned off when we are triggered. But like with our children who cannot manage themselves in that situation, we are having the same response. Our developed part of our brain has been switched off. So when we induce that positive emotion that we have practiced, that calm or that confidence or that ease that we've got to know really, really well, and we've induced it and we felt it in our bodies, we suddenly have the opportunity to turn our brain back on, to choose how we want to react, to be able to focus. This just gives us the freedom, the ownership of our own lives rather than being victims to the circumstances, victims to what has happened outside of ourselves. This is a really short, really quick rundown of this, these incredible tools and this amazing body that we have that is keeping us safe, is triggered to keep us safe, to stop us from thinking, overthinking things too much. But in this day and age is actually causing us to behave in ways that we don't want to behave, to get results that we don't necessarily want. I know I have sped through this in these 20 minutes that we've had together. So if you want more information about this, if you would like to find out a little bit more about how you can put it into practice, how you can use it to help you take ownership of your life and get the results that you want, then please drop me an email, charlotte at charlottehaggy.com, and we can set up a 30-minute chat where we can talk about what's happening for you, what your results are, what you want your results to be, and how these techniques and tools might help you to get there. It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on this side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best 
thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums. Thank you.